0: Welcome to episode three of The Jack and Bob Jabot Show. I'm your host, Wendy. As usual, we are on the lovely Bonnie Kay. Bob Jabot, how are you today?
1: I'm good, Wendy. <clears throat> Very good. It uh, can't be better.
0: All right. We have made it out of Boca Chica, but we have not made it out of Florida yet. So we are in beautiful Pumpkin Key. Got here at noon sharp today. And... um We've had, we've had a little journey this week. You want to uh, talk about our journey this week, Bob? What we've been through, where we've been?
1: Okay, well, let's see. Uh, I guess the last time we talked, we were in Boca Chica, right? Getting mm-hmm. ready to leave. Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let me tell you, that first Punk key is really a, a very, very nice spot. I've never been here before. There's a little island off the uh, coast of the, um, it's a I think it was... Uh, Isla Morada, or uh, somewhere like that. Yeah. And, uh, Pumpkin Key. So we got in between that little island and the shore, and it's really placid, uh, no, no waves, and, and nice, cool little breeze. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, La- anyway, um, so, uh, the last time we talked, we were thinking about getting underway the very next day. Well, that didn't happen. Nope. Uh, Wendy had, uh, had a better idea, and we stuck around Bo- Boca Chica for a few more days, and she did some cooking, and... <clears throat> Uh, we uh, shrunk wrap, I guess not. Is that right? Yeah. Shrink wrap? Yeah, how you something. Call them?
0: <laughs> I think I made 30 pounds of lasagna. Yeah, we
1: got <laughs> And it's good, too. Really good lasagna. <laughs> and we got that in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Boy, that little freezer is packed good now. It is
0: packed, packed and full of
1: food. It's working real well, too. Mm-hmm. And anyway, we uh, finally got all that done and decided we'd get underway on, um, I guess it was Thursday, the yep. 27th. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. that didn't go as. Pl- <laughs> Excuse me. Well, first we moved over to the to the what they call the service dock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The day before
0: had that ready to go on Wednesday night. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. so that we could uh, get underway early and not have a problem. And that worked out good, except the fact that <clears throat> I have I'm eating one of one of a uh, Wendy's cookies here, so I'm got a little bit of Krog in my throat. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we did get underway about uh, what. It quarters, was a quarter to seven or something Yeah, yeah. Tank. And uh, I had changed the fuel uh, intake for the engine to do the starboard tank, I thought, or mm-hmm. the port tank, excuse me. Mm-hmm. But it, n- instead, I had turned it to off, <laughs> ah. unaware of that, until I was down the harbor, down the channel. And of course, that's when the engine died. So
0: it seems to need fuel to run, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does
1: need <laughs> fuel. It stopped like a champ. <laughs> anyway, so we dropped the hook and went down below and turned the fuel to the other, to the proper direction, and it just started right away. But by that time, the wind had blown us down onto the, won't say the rocks, but the uh, the shallows, the shallows, uh, you know, the whole harbor of uh, Boca Chica was dredged out years ago. And so uh, on the side of the channel, it goes from like 12 feet to three feet. (laughs) So we were in the three feet section.
0: That uh, three feet—it requires a little more than three feet when you got uh, <laughs> when you got mud under
1: the engine, huh? Yeah. So we back. We were able to uh, back out of there, mm-hmm. get the boat turned around, and it was operating fine. And then we went out the channel and got into uh, what's called Hawk's Channel, headed towards Marathon. And that's when we realized there was a little murmur. And the engine began to. Uh, go up and down in rpms you know it would race and then settle back down Mm -hmm. and race which is an an indication of a a bad fuel injection pump so uh we stopped anchoring in and Mm -hmm. i went down below in the the heat and the rolliness and Mm -hmm. changed the oil in the injector pump Mm -hmm. which was low i think that was the problem the injector pump oil was down to nothing yeah i don't know how that happened but anyway I replenished the oil and uh, started the engine. Everything seemed to be good, but it still had a little bit of the of the RPM uh, humming or not humming, going up and going down. So I decided to go back to uh, Boca Chica for the night. And um, yep. so that's what we did. And so the first day was kind of a shakedown cruise, yeah, they shakedown. call it, right? It didn't really get started, but uh, it got started and stopped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Called a mechanic, and he said, "We'll take a video uh, of the of, the, of the engine, mm-hmm. and I'll listen to it, and I'll tell you if, if everything sounds good. He called me back about an hour or so later, and he said, sounds great. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we think we got the problem there, and uh, so we were planning uh, to get underway the very next day.
0: Yeah, and that we did. We um, left Friday morning at 10 minutes yeah. to 6, I mean 10 minutes to 7, 6.50, and uh, it was glass. It was the it was beautiful water to to take off. It was, you could see the reflection of everything, and it couldn't couldn't have picked a better morning to leave. And um, we were underway for we were marathon. underway for about six hours, I guess it was, getting into marathon. Um,
1: it's about 40 miles. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and about I, six, six and a half knots. hmm.
0: And I got in, I got in some practice that day. Um, everything went, went very well until we passed a couple of, uh, jet ski boats, whatever they are. And since skillets flying, <laughs> we scrambled to get everything back where it went. And, um, yeah, came into marathon and anchored and it was a, it was a beautiful anchor.
1: Yeah, actually, before we went to the anchorage, we stopped at the fuel dock. Oh, that's right. That's Marathon right. Yeah. Marathon Marina has a nice fuel dock mm-hmm. there, and, and uh, the Captain made a very good landing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yep. And the guy there was very friendly. That was. Uh...
1: And uh, Wendy gave her uh, the uh, guy's uh, restrooms a five rating.
0: Yeah, yeah. The restrooms were very nice, very clean. He had. Um, he had about three foot of a, a fishing net on the on the key to keep people from stealing it or whatever so yeah that was nice and um we got
1: 44 gallons of diesel fuel on the, mm-hmm. in the see what starboard tank mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. leveled things off yeah and um then we went to the anchorage. <clears throat> yep,
0: then we went to the anchorage Um, I I got really interested in channel 16 during that. We'll talk about that a little later. I've got a few things in in mind for the channel 16 section we'll talk about. Um, But so that was Friday, right? We anchored off and then Saturday morning, again, the water was just like glass and we left at 6.45. Got six and a half hours underway and we anchored in-
1: Cal Pen. Cow Anchorage, I guess it's called. In Plantation uh, Key. Yeah, for those that don't know, we went. Uh, there are two ways to go north on the um, you know, coastal waterway area. One is up Hawks Channel, which is <clears throat> in between the reef and um, the Keys. We went on between the Keys and the Bay, so we were on what's mm-hmm. called the Bayside, and in the lee of all the Keys. So the water's were really calm and uh, beautiful. By the time we got to Cowpen uh, Anchorage, uh, it was really, really nice, calm. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wendy picked out the anchorage, uh, she wanted to get some close to some houses so she could uh, peek. Peek. Yep. <laughs> Binocular.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I learned a very valuable lesson then as well. Um, Bob Bob went to take a nap and I figured I'd hop in and try out my oh, yeah. new diving mask that my friend had given given me. and. Um, hopped in and the water was just smooth as silk and i was just swimming around looking at the uh, anchor and that kind of thing and i started hearing honking and i figured it was bob messing with me and uh turns out it was the coast guard <laughs> telling me i needed to have an anchor flag i mean a diving flag yeah. out if i was going to be out there doing my thing so they they stirred up a lot of the water made it a little more difficult to come aboard but i um tucked my tail between my legs and came on board and
1: learned my lesson with that. Um, and we, I don't, we don't have a dive flag on board. Yeah. oh so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> In the Bahamas, nobody cares, so. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I guess my friend said I should have just said I was checking the anchor, that I wasn't really diving. But, you know, when the Coast Guard comes up on you unexpected, you just say, yes, sir, and right. do what they ask. So, um,
1: that's they how could, that They went. could have come aboard and given us a, an inspection, but I'm surely glad they didn't do that.
0: Oh, yeah, we would have passed, though, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, except for
0: except for new dive flag, I guess. <laughs> so that was that night. Um, and then, and then, yeah. So this morning we got underway 7am sharp and, um, had the nacho lunch ready to go. And we pulled into pumpkin key here at noon sharp. So five hours straight. And it was, it, yeah, we it felt like to, three. we didn't want to
1: rush because uh, we could have made it further, I suppose. But, uh... Being Memorial Day weekend, this uh, uh, my experience in No Name Harbor is all the Miami boats come up, and the place is just a zoo. So yeah. we were trying to avoid that. <clears> throat> anyway, throat> and we stopped at, the, like she said, in Pumpkin Key. hmm Like I said earlier, it was a beautiful spot. Oh, it could really have been better.
0: Yeah. Um. So. I guess that's all caught up for now. We've got a couple other things, but we're going to take a quick little break here and then we're going to come back. We'll tell you about Jack, tell you about um, our friends who we have some music from here and um, we, uh, we hope you'll continue to join us. We'll be right back. all right welcome back everybody we just took a little break had a little sip sip of our drinks and um we're ready to give you a little jack update jack's done pretty well this week hadn't he bob
1: well except for a few times he uh, wants to get off the boat every chance he gets (laughs) well right now it's been uh, nothing but water so he's kind of frustrated I think you'd see yeah. that grass ashore your he wants to get there
0: he was a uh, he was a little afraid at the beginning of the journey he had a couple of uh, he had a, a seasick incident the first day but um, since then he's able to see and smell the water and he's become a valuable member of the crew <laughs> meaning he's not trying to jump overboard or hide in the head he's actually uh, barking at jet skis and and uh, enjoying the view and and just being a cute little 13 year old dog. So, um, so that's the Jack update. Um, Bob, I'm a little curious about a few things. I'm hoping you can explain a few things that I've learned this week. And, um, I'm hoping that you can share with our listeners a few things, a little captain's course 101 here. Um, for people who don't know, there are what I'm I'm hoping that you can explain the little adage, red right return as it, as it pertains to uh, being underway well oh, yeah sure <clears throat>
1: you know that uh, red right returning uh, is referring to the uh, day markers or buoys that are either red or green and if you're returning from seaward uh, the, uh, the normal uh, way to to uh, pass these buoys is the red buoys will be on your on your right hand side so it's red right returning mm-hmm. uh, coming from sea inland now, that uh, that sounds pretty straightforward mm-hmm. if you're coming, say, from an ocean into a river. But if you're uh, going north or south on the Intercoastal Waterway, it gets a little more confusing because you're not really returning from anything. So, But <laughs> they have set up a convention now for the Intercoastal Waterway where your red is on your right when you're going south. And it starts in Norfolk, thereabouts, that's when the Intercoastal Waterway Mile 1 is, at Portsmouth um, Hospital there in Norfolk. And so from then on down to Key West, uh, and actually all the way over to uh, Texas and uh, and to the Mexican border, the, it is red-right returning, going south. So um, to remind you, because uh, a lot of times the uh, Intercoastal Waterway will... Joined with a river or, you know, another another tributary, uh, even at the ocean, some places. Uh, so you you can get confused as to um, what's to the right. Definitely. <laughs> when it's returning. They put a little marker on the uh, buoys that are on the intercoastal waterway, a small, maybe one, two inches in diameter or something like that. A red uh, triangle for the red buoys and a square, green square for the... Uh, starboard or or, or, I mean for the green buoys or markers so Mm -hmm. um if you're at at a a buoy and you don't see those you're not on the intercoastal waterway (laughs) okay so anyway that's uh sort of a little nut on the nutshell what a red right returning means
0: yeah it's a little confusing I found it a little confusing at first because there are times that I kind of forgot (laughs) that we were on the intercoastal waterway until you shared the little you know when you're looking closer you can see um you know definite signs that you are on the intercoastal waterway besides there being land I guess on on this on sides um, so that's red right return that's something most people who um, who are out here understand fully but listeners who haven't been on boats uh, might not understand it much at all like me so the second thing I wanted to talk to you about was anchor procedure, because we've been anchoring, you know, every every night that we're finished up with our travels, and um, I've learned a few things about anchoring. So, Bob, you want to share with the listeners what you've taught me this week about um, anchor procedure?
1: Well, I was saying to you earlier, uh, before we started the podcast, that, uh, you know, you could write a book, and people have, of course, written books about how to anchor, so mm-hmm. what I'm going to say is not necessarily all-encompassing about, about anchoring, but... Uh, we have two anchors on board, Bonnie K. One is a uh, what's called a deep set anchor, which is a plow kind of anchor, and uh, then the other one is a uh, uh, fortress uh, anchor, which is all aluminum and it's more like a Danforth. If you know what a Danforth is, it's got two big flukes on it, and it's used for sand. And the other one, the deep setters, is more for uh, for mud or silt. Anyway.
0: And that's the one we got all the chain for yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, and that one has
1: all chained and it's hooked up to the uh, windlass, <clears throat> anchor windlass. And it's our, my primary anchor. So uh, what we do when we come into an anchorage is first of all, we'll pick a depth of, the, of so we know how deep it's going to be, mm-hmm. uh, look at the charts and and uh, try to pick a, a sandy spot if you can and or a clear, not, not grassy. Uh, when it gets kind of grassy, uh, the anchors <laughs> tend not to uh, dig down as deeply. Anyway, uh, try to figure out where you're going to anchor. Then as you approach the anchorage, you are in at a slow speed, and you've got your uh, anchor ready to let go. That is, it's not sitting in the windlass. It's, it's hanging off a little bit. Mm-hmm. So all you got to do is push the button, and down it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you want to come to a stop or backing down a little bit, but not going forward when you drop the anchor. If you're going forward and you drop the anchor, what's going to happen is the anchor's going to... Uh, fall down and anchor chain is going to pile on top of it, you could get all tangled up there. Mm-hmm. So you want to be backing down a little bit, maybe a half a knot or not, before you let your anchor down. You let it down fully under the ground, maybe, and then you let out, say if you're in 10 foot of water, you, you might let it out to 20 foot. And then you slowly, you have the engine in stop, and you're just blowing down on the on the anchor by the wind, mm-hmm. if you've got wind, mm-hmm. hopefully you do. and. Uh, and then you uh, let the anchor, uh, you stop the anchor, and you pull on it just a little bit, and that will uh, straighten out, hopefully, hopefully, straighten out the anchor <laughs> uh, on the on the anchor bed. And then you let it out some more. And so, if you're in like 10 foot of water, generally speaking, if you don't expect heavy winds, uh, you might you get by with uh, five to six times that depth in anchor uh, scope, that is, distance uh, that of anchor chain that you let out. You also take into account the um, the height of your anchor uh, road—I mean, not anchor roll, anchor roller—from uh, the bottom of the water. So if you—I mean, from the water's edge. So if you've got 10 foot of water depth, and maybe three foot from there from the waters to the uh, up to the boat, mm-hmm. then you got 13 feet times five. So you got maybe 60 feet of anchor chain it would be good. Yeah. And when you get that, when you've fallen back to that point, we had our chain marked every. Uh, 25, 25 feet. feet yeah so we can Wendy can uh, tell when we get to that point you hold the anchor and let the wind pull you tight and then you back down just a little bit you don't put it in full full gear reverse <laughs> and I've seen yeah. people do that and they pull the anchor right out of the bottom <laughs> and they go, it starts bouncing along the top as they go oh my gosh. As they go down the river uh, not the way to do not it not ideal no just get it so that uh, it will pull and deep and, and digs in and then, what they do is look on your beam, one of your beams and pick some trees or something so you can tell when you stop mm-hmm. when it stops you, and then put it in neutral and there you go we um we also put what's called a riding line or a, or a snubber or something like that smart onto the anchor chain and tie it off onto well, one side or the other mm-hmm. so and let the anchor chain out and let it ride on that line. It's a nylon line, line mm-hmm. So it doesn't ride onto the anchor windlass. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a one oh one of anchoring. That's
0: one oh one. And if you want one oh two or three oh three, then the when book. you see Bob, <laughs> talk to Bob about anchoring. He knows he knows the knows the score. So, um the final thing that I was hoping with this captain's course, one oh one, is um the overtaking courtesy, like when we're passing people, because I had been a little confused about who has the right of way, you know, I know that sometimes if a boat slows down they create more wake than if they keep on going so I'm hoping you could um, fill us in on on kind of canal courtesy overtaking courtesy um, whatever whatever that's called
1: yeah well first of all the uh, the vessel being overtaken has the right of way and no doubt about that and then rules the road okay so you can't just come up to a boat and overtake it and you know, hit it. You know, yeah. you, you would be in you would be in uh, violation of the rules of the road. You'd be on channel sixteen. Now, <laughs> our our trip so far has been pretty much uh, not in a very restricted channels. It's been fairly uh, fairly wide open, and uh, what what happens then is boats don't slow down for you; they just go zooming by, mm-hmm. creating uh, a big wake. And if if you don't turn into the wake, mm-hmm. you could end up doing like what happened. Wendy was talking about the everything going flying, yeah. <coughs> pots and pans and. The water jugs and, you know, everything. Everything. <laughs> Peanut butter. And, uh, <laughs> but Anyway, so, but when you're on the intercoastal waterway and it's a narrow channel, uh, what they have is a slow pass, and that's the best way to get get past somebody. We only do uh, six knots, maybe seven knots, and a lot of these power boots, they can do 30, 40, 50 knots. Mm-hmm. You know, they're zooming right by. If they don't slow down for you, then you get, you get clobbered. Like uh, waves, so what the proper way to do it is to come up to the boat from astern and talk to them on the radio and ask them for a pass on one side or the other, port or starboard, and there's actually a uh, you know a sound signal with a horn uh, that can be exchanged. And the truth is, I have to look it up every time to see whether it's one whistle means port or two whistles means port <laughs> in any case and in,
0: hopefully they know what yeah, that means
1: <laughs> in any case you, you, if you want you exchange those uh, signals and then as that boat that's uh, overtaking you approaches you, you you slow down to an idle speed which brings you up off of, and slows down your wake and then he slows down to an idle speed so he just drifts in right next to you and then he's going a little bit faster than to you because you know his momentum is heavier mm-hmm. is faster and mm-hmm. so he passes you yeah, then he speeds up again and that way there's no wake uh, uh, to worry about in it it's it's but i would say uh 50% of the uh, the boaters out there don't understand that,
0: especially once out on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it would right. seem
1: that's true. Yeah, it's called a slow pass. Okay, and that's that's the way to do it.
0: Okay, well, don't you feel more educated now, listeners? <laughs> now you're ready to get on a boat and uh, and take off to the Bahamas.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, just a little side note about going to the Bahamas. Uh, one of my trips to the Bahamas, uh, we met this young couple, and uh, their bowsprit, you know, which is the thing that's on the forward part of the bow was all bent up uh-uh. and uh so we talked to him a little bit and asked him how that happened and they evidently they, they were underway at night and they hit a key I mean they went right up to a, key. a <laughs> rock you know wham oh my gosh and uh he says, well didn't you have it on your chart and he says well we don't have any charts oh my god I can't imagine <laughs> they came from uh I want to say Fort Lauderdale over to uh, to Miami or I mean to a uh, the the Bahamas, and they had a placemat. That's what they were using. A A placemat. Oh my word. I'm not lying.
0: Oh my god. I'm glad I'm not crewing with them. I would not learn a thing. Well, anyway,
1: just a side note there.
0: Okay, well, um, so that is Captain's Course 101, guys. We, um, we've got a little treat for you here. We have a, um, one of our friends from Boca Chica, Barb, who works in the office there. Um, I, I was, one of my concerns before we were taken off is if anything happened to the freezer, boy, would we sure be in trouble. Um, and so, as it turns out, uh, another freezer appeared out of nowhere, it would seem, with a little Bob magic. And, um, and, and not only did we get a freezer, we also got a, a really great soundtrack to share with you guys. So, Bob, why don't you share a little bit about what we're going to be here and here. Um... Okay.
1: <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, you know, uh, this is a long story. I guess I'll try to make it short. But, uh, you know, the um, Barbara uh, Hershuk, I think that's mm-hmm. her name, is the manager there at the marina. And her husband, David, has a business there in, in, uh, in Key West. I think it's called Bone... Bowen Harbor, is that right, Dave? I, excuse me, Dave, if I screwed up your business name, but anyway, he does <laughs> he does boat repair work and uh, and, and uh, he did a lot of work on the Bonnie Kay after the hurricane. He he fixed the uh, the damage to the bow and he refinished uh, the teak that was damaged on the um, railings and he uh, refinished the uh, flooring in the main salon and in my bedroom down down my in my cabin. And uh, he did a really, really wonderful job. He also fixed mm-hmm. the hatch that was leaking in my uh, in my new windows in it. So anyway, Dave is a very handy uh, uh, mechanic or a boat uh, boat person, without a doubt. But in addition to that, though, he's a musician. He has a he and a friend of his have a band called Island Time, and uh, they haven't been playing recently because of the uh, pandemic and uh, COVID uh, problems. But uh, over the years they uh, they 've been performing at the uh, Navigator and elsewhere in Key West and they do island they do uh, steel drum, he plays the steel drum and the guitar and he sings and um uh, okay, we'll get to that, because I think they're going to perform a song here in a minute for mm-hmm. you.
0: We uh, have them live here on the...
1: No, yeah, we don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, I was, uh, but Wendy was uh, saying that we ought to go buy out a new uh, freezer, to have a spare freezer. Well, these things cost like five, six hundred bucks, mm-hmm. so I didn't particularly want to do that. <laughs> but I remember Dave told me that somebody gave him one in payment for some work he did, and uh, so I called him up, he, lives, he was in uh, Minnesota, he had left the keys, and I said, Dave, you still got that freezer. We sure could use it if you could lend it to me. And so he called Barbara. Barbara picked it up, and the next day we had a freezer, another freezer. Mm-hmm. It's not hooked up, but in case this one breaks, we got two of them. They're what's called Engel freezers, and they're really, really good. A new, uh, I guess they're not your uh, the old uh, type of freezer refrigerator. It's a more of a state-of-the-art kind of thing, and it makes no noise to speak of. Mm-hmm. It doesn't draw a lot of current and mm-hmm. the... Yeah. Hopefully it's going to keep a work. Yeah. All right. Well,
0: and uh, so we actually have, we don't have them live on board obviously, but we do have, um, Barb shared a CD of theirs with us. And this song is just so great. We had to share it with you guys. So we're going to add that in here and then we'll be back and we're going to finish up this episode after that with a few other things, but hopefully in the meanwhile, enjoy Island time band. and we will be right back.
2: I used to work in Miami in a department store. I thought I did a wonderful job, but I don't work there no more. A lady came in for a hat one day. I asked her a kind she wore. Felt, she said, so that's what I did. Now I don't work there no more. I used to work in Key Largo in a grocery store. I thought I did a wonderful job, but I don't work there no more. A lady came in for a cake one day. I asked her what kind she wants. Layer, she said, so that's what I did. No, I don't work there no more. I used to work in Marathon, in a clothing store. I thought I did a wonderful job, but I don't work there no more. A lady came in for a dress one day, I asked her what kind she wore. Jumper, she said, so that's what I did, no, I don't work there no more. I used to work in Big Pine Key in a shoe store. I thought I did a wonderful job, but I don't work there no more. A lady came in for some boots one day. I asked her what kind she wants. Rubber, she said, so that's what I did. No, I don't work there no more. used to work in Key West. You know, I really like that job a lot. I was a bartender in a tourist spot. A lady came in for a drink one day. I asked her what kind she wants. Liquor, she said. So that's what I did. I got fired right there on the spot. That's right, one called Unemployed. Everybody, we're the Island Time band. We're gonna take a little break. We'll be back in
0: a few minutes. All right, that was a song called Unemployed. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as Bob and I do. We never it never gets old it's it's funny every single
1: time well hear I, it. I miss hearing them at the uh, at boca chica while mm-hmm. i was there they uh because of the covid uh, outbreak you know and pandemic or whatever you want to call it they they did not perform this year yeah and uh which is a shame because uh they're very popular and they're at uh, mostly on saturday nights uh-huh. at the bar and uh you hear their, their steel drums uh, you know, wa- waifing, is that the right word uh, throughout the anchorage and in all the docks and everything. Very, very interesting. Anyway, David is a, a great player, and I think he was singing that song. I'm not sure, but I think so.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was super enjoyable. And if you guys think that was good, we've got another. We've got a um, an original made just for uh, Bob Jabot and this show um, that we'll play a little bit later from Tom, but. Um, what else have
1: we got? What else have we got, Bob? Well, I wanted to ask you a question, Wendy. What, You know, okay. I know that you're working, uh, trying to, or uh, thinking about getting a captain's license, mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. every day you learn more and more. What have you learned uh, this week?
0: Oh, boy. Well, I have gotten six hours under my belt of, is it called driving? I mean, what do you do with a boat?
1: Navig- uh, navigating? Navigating. Navigating? Uh, steering or... Uh, yeah,
0: All of those helming. things. Okay um i like all of those so i've done i've done each of those things for six hours this week um some of the time time, we've done
1: more than six yeah uh i'll
0: have to look back at the log it might be yeah because one of the days it was three hours straight so maybe a little more um, I, have I've gotten a little more acclimated at first. I was perfectly comfortable on autopilot. <laughs> That's this boat's really good about that. And then I, um, I got a little more brave, took it off autopilot. Um, Bob, those first few times that we ran into people's, uh, wakes. He, he showed me how to dive, how to steer right into it. And it kind of reminded me of a uh, knee boarding or something similar when you're behind a boat. So i learned that a few times. Bob actually taught me um, when you're standing in the middle of the boat and you're looking straight out. Um, I, I'm not sure of the technical terms for this, but it's almost like a, it's almost like the the. Uh, the front of a gun you know it's like you're just aiming straight forward between well it's called the center line the center line line. and uh and steering works really well from there so i learned the
1: steering uh, on this boat is on the right It's, it's offset the center line by about two feet or so okay so if you if you don't uh think about that you're always going in the wrong direction
0: yeah so I was at first uh, I kind of had my my most of my body out of the boat and just kind of reaching in steering and he showed me how if you stand in the middle of the boat especially going through canals when it's a little bit of a closer um, a closer go but it's it's it was nice to see Bob able to kick back I think you might have even fallen a little bit asleep sleep a couple times when I was driving which what a compliment that is um, and uh, so I learned that I learned to take it off of autopilot. I learned to stand in the middle of the boat. I learned a little bit. We'll talk maybe more next week when I understand a little more fully about can moat, can dead men vote twice at elections? Um, kind of figuring out the true north versus magnetic north on a compass, um, which is pretty interesting stuff, but it's pretty involved. So I'm gonna pick that up a little bit more. Um, when we are on our way to keep a and um and then maybe next week we'll i'll be able to explain that a little further. I might need to do a little homework on that with uh captain Bob here so um those are the things I learned along with you know the coast guard will visit if you don 't have a a dive flag and you're and you 're swimming around with your dive gear on so Um, so that's about it for what I've learned. I'm sure there are some other things you don't spend that much time underway and not, but you know, I have learned that I love boating. I really love that feeling of, of things going by and just, you, you kind of get in your head and and looking at the charts. Um, I know that they're not called maps. I'm still struggling with, uh, you know, calling the head, the restroom and cabins, bedrooms and that kind of thing. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there um so besides that bob i i think we are we're wrapping this up a bit but we have a we had a trade that we made this week with your good buddy um uh, basham who was gonna write us a song for this and he wanted you to share a story that's pretty humorous about uh some of your boating experiences well, in the 80s right
1: i'm gonna let you yeah take actually it from there. uh The song uh, has got a couple uh, references that uh, are kind of obscure, unless you uh, know what he's talking about, but so I'll try to explain them. uh, Oh
0: yeah, save the joke for last. Save uh, the joke for last. Okay, I have
1: to save the joke for last, I'm told. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I guess I must have dropped my um, Hawaiian sling over the side, so I lost that in our first trip. But anyway, the first trip to the Bahamas, after I retired, uh, was on a Tiana 37 and uh, it was just me and Bonnie, my wife, and uh, we were coming down the intercostal waterway and planned a to cross over to the Bahamas, uh, just like we are now here from um, No Name Harbor. And we had a couple that we had met uh, at, back in Virginia, and we, actually at West Marine, we were all both shopping for the same sort of thing. So we started a conversation up with them and they were headed to the Bahamas as well. So the plan was to meet them at the No Name Harbor. Well. And it then cross over the very next day, excuse me. So uh, Dara Basham, which is Tom Basham's wife, uh, we had known him for a long, long time, but that's another story. She was to meet us, uh, me and Bonnie there in Miami. And uh, my memory has failed me as to how we managed to meet her, but because she flew in from San, I think she was in San Diego. Okay. And uh, she ended up meeting us, which was a miracle. (laughs) Uh, given the fact that uh, we didn't have cell phones in those days. Mm. Anyway, so we got on board, and we started moving from Miami to Key Biscayne. And uh, the sunset, of course, it was dark and pitch black, and and, uh, we had no GPS or anything at that point. And uh, so we were looking at the buoys with flashlights, trying to figure out where we were. And we got to No Name Harbor, and you could look into the channel. didn't have any markers on the channel and I could see this boat with the anchor light up, and I talked to my buddy, and that was him. So I steered in towards the anchor light, and uh, sure enough, tied up alongside, and it must have been nine or 10 o'clock, maybe even later, and it was dark, and uh, got underway before sunset, or excuse me, before sunrise the next morning, for the Bahamas, so we never did see No Name Harbor. We just got there and left it before the sun came up. <clears throat> made it all the way up, Dara was there, and she, we made it all the way over, and checked in and then continued on toward Nassau <clears throat> and went through the, uh, I guess, I forget what it's called, the banks there, and then uh, across uh, Northwest Channel and out uh, into the tongue of the ocean and on towards Nassau. Well, and weather evidently didn't, didn't agree with us, and it got a little rough, and I started... Uh, we had some engine problems we had some uh, rigging problems and i was running around under the boat and inside the boat and which is not good when when you're rough when it's rough mm-hmm. and uh, dark you know and your feet and, don't go where you want them to yeah so anyway i got seasick <laughs> uh, and uh, that's the reference in the song there about the drama dramamine i didn't take any but i did get seasick i only been seasick maybe t- once in my whole navy career and then uh, i hadn't been seasick much uh on my sailing career except for when you get into a tight spot and it's rough and that's what was happening so anyway I got seasick and Dara says oh my god what are we going to do he's the only person that knows where we are which was true <laughs> but uh, I, got, I got over it and uh, we got to the off of Nassau and it was darker again it was dark and pitch and uh, no radar nothing you know and so I didn't particularly want to go into to Nassau Harbor at night so we just sort of circled around out there and, in the middle of nowhere waiting for the sun to come up and then uh, the sun came up and of course it started to rain and get <laughs> cloudy and and uh, couldn't see where we were going and cruise ships started coming out and I said, oh my god I don't want to go in that little harbor and meet a cruise ship coming the other direction oh man so I got on the radio and I've never lived this down actually and <laughs> Bonnie used to always tell me about it this is the Malolani we're coming in <laughs> like someone really cared <laughs> that the Mauna Lone was coming into Nassau Harbor. But I figured, well, I might as well tell him I'm coming. We ins- we made it in. And um, anyway, that's pretty much the uh, the story of the Tom. Tom Basham flew in. He was a chicken. He didn't take the <laughs> He didn't do the boat. He flew into Nassau and got on board. And we went diving with a-, a Canadian, a friend of his. and Not a friend of his. He sort of came up to the boat and said, hey, let's go diving. Use your dinghy. I'll give you half of what we get. And of course, I didn't get anything and he got everything, So, <laughs> but we ended up with half of that, so that was good. Good deal. And uh, Tom and Dara stayed aboard for a while and uh, he brought along his ukulele and uh, he played that ukulele and I think he played a couple of t- Jimmy Buffett songs called, oh dear, I can't remember the name of it, but it was fun. And I said to myself, he says, Well if if Tom Basham can play that guitar and that mandolin, surely I can. Well, I was a little bit wrong on that. <coughs> it's not an easy thing to pick up. <laughs> no, it's not. Anyway, that's the uh, story of Tom Basham and uh Basham and and the uh, crossing of the uh, <coughs> the Gulf Stream and on to Nassau. <laughs> well, that's a great story, and I,
0: I appreciated talking with Tom on the phone a little bit. Well, I hadn't
1: Do you want the joke now?
0: Oh yeah, so
1: um So let's hear the joke, Bob, about the cook. Yeah, they were the guys, that all men, I think there were five of them on this big sailboat, and they had plans to sail around the world. But no one wanted to be the cook, so they decided to draw straws. The guy that got the low straw, you know, the short straw, he'd be the cook. And he would cook as long as nobody complained. If anybody complained about the cooking, they became the cook. So this poor fellow, he had, he had he was cooking, he was cooking, and they were going south, and he, nobody was complaining, and he didn't want to cook, you know. He was tired of that, but they got down to the uh, British Virgin Islands, and they were, they were on this little harbor uh, or island called Josef Van Dyke. And the Josef Van Dyke is in, pretty much uh, in, uh, inhabited by goats, that's about it, you know. And a few people, but mostly goats. And so they go to and he sees all these goat turds. And he says, uh-huh. <laughs> he gathered them up, put them in a the bag, and took them home, Got to the boat, put them in the spaghetti sauce, and <laughs> served them up to the crew. A couple of guys took a couple bites of this and spit them out and said, that tastes like goat turds, but cooked just right. <laughs> um, so, no complaints from them. <laughs> so we remain the cook. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll
0: make spaghetti this week, Bob. So
1: that's when the song refers to the goats ashore and bring it on. and want some more.
0: Okay. Well, you know, I think it'd be a good a good deal to end with Tom's song. And I'm I'm just trying to figure out a way to to put his his name into the unemployment song and say they said Basham, so that's what I did, and I don't work there no more. Yeah, could be. We'll we'll work on that. So hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. We're gonna finish it off with uh, with Mister Basham's song here. Hope you enjoy that. And hey, we finished up episode three, Bob.
1: Good for us.
0: Clink, <laughs> and um, we will finish up with this song. And I guess we'll see you guys in No Name Harbor. And well, I guess we'll see it this time, right? We're we're not gonna we're not gonna go out before it gets dark.
1: <laughs> that's so. for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, say goodbye, Bob. Bye, Bob. <laughs> Say goodbye, Jack.
1: I think Jack's asleep. Ah, oh, woof,
0: woof. We got him. All right, and bye.
1: Bye.
3: the hook, call the cook, Darby goats goes ashore, cook just right, can I have some more, oh, Captain Bob has got a fearless crew, Jack Chubbo and Miss Windy too, ready to sail across the ocean blue, got a case of rum and some vino if the water's flat and the wind don't blow, we're off to Berry Islands, just past Kokomo. But if the passage goes 87 style, past the drama mean you'll be chumming all the while at Hawaiian Sling, but I don't know more. It's lying 30 fathoms on the ocean floor, and I don't have a spear and a to go. While the fishies and the lobsters frolic to and fro, to and fro. <laughs> Had a sloop and a catch and a cutter too, but now my layman diesel will not have. Do. Got a life wrap, that's what the captains say. A 36 footer named the Bonnie K. Bonnie K. Here puts the good old Bonnie K. Bound for New frame, Bound for no name harbor in a Game bay. Drop the hook, call the cook, Barbie goats ashore. Just right, can I have some more?